the job of a pastor's wife can be hard and overwhelming at times. Of course, there are many rewarding aspects, but one of those aspects stands out among them all. God has enabled us to have a front row seat to watch the work of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in people's lives. Um, and I think that's kind of unique that, um, you know, a, a person who's not in ministry life may see their neighbor or somebody else, but right. they aren't seeing over and over again just this work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and today's episode is a bonus episode. It is called The Journey of the Pastor's Wife. So thankful, and I'm happy to share this with you today. I get to chit-chat with a dear friend of mine and a wonderful role model, and I'm really thankful to have her on today. Let me introduce you. And you know what? If you've been listening to the podcast, you have heard this woman multiple times, I have to say. Too many. Too many, huh? No, not too many. Let me introduce you to Cheryl Bailey. Cheryl, I'm glad you're with us today. Thank you. It's fun to be here. Okay, um, we're doing this bonus episode, um, but before we do that, I want to tell you three of my favorite things about you. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> no. Okay, too bad. This is what happens. I get a microphone and look what happens. Okay, one of the things that I love about you, Cheryl, is, and I think this is, is something that I know that you have worked on, is being an encourager. And I really personally appreciate that. I mean, hey, even before we started recording today, we were having a conversation about something and you were a great encouragement. And so, wow, I need to do that. You also are a truth teller. And here's what I have to tell you. There was a day in my life where I didn't think I wanted to have any more children. And I remember standing in someone's living room and you telling me and encouraging me that if my husband wanted more children, that I should just go for it. And I did. And so my son would thank you also <laughs> for his life. And I'm really glad because multiple times I have remembered that. And it wasn't, it wasn't said in a derogatory mean way. It was done with a lot of encouragement, like I said before, but just, hey, you know, this is good. And I'm really glad I have both of those bottom two boys. They're really fun. And the thing I love about you is you are a worker and a server, both of those things. You, if there's something that needs to be done, Cheryl, you just get in there and do it. Um, every single time I have asked you to be on a podcast, you just did it. And I don't know if you ever were nervous. Were you ever nervous? Maybe the first one or two? Probably, yeah. But now the nerves are gone. There's no people that are standing this here. Is so true. that's a little easier. <laughs> but I love that. And I love that you just are willing. These are things that I think are really important. And I appreciate them about you. Um, so that's my introduction. I'm not even going to really let you introduce yourself okay, today. Good. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. This is, um, Cheryl, this particular month is a unique month for you. Um, you and your husband, David, who is the pastor of our church here at Christ the Word Church, um, have served for 22 years is that right? Yep. Here, and mm -hmm. how many total as a pastor? So almost 35 in wow. a couple of months. Wow. Okay, and we we actually had planned to record this um, the, in, a, in a special week because your husband was taking a step aside, mm -hmm. um, not a step down, not a step away, but just a step aside to let, um, to sort of, I guess, would you call it retirement? No, because he's still going to continue working, yeah. but he's stepping out of the role of senior pastor and letting someone else assume that role. Right. And he's going to be an associate pastor right. here. Stepping in a different role. Yes. And that means you also are stepping in a different role right. of sorts, not yes. completely, but a little bit. And um, 
we were going to record this that week, but something happened. What happened that week? I had my 18th grandchild. 18. <laughs> That's amazing. Yep. And I love her name. Yep. Pearl Zion. That's what I was thinking. It was Pearl Zion. But mm-hmm. then I thought, did I mess that up in my head? But I love it. Yep. Um, those Pearl is kind of an older name. Yes. Like people used to have grandma's name, Pearl. And yep. they're kind of coming back. Yeah, those a lot names. of the old names are like Hazel around. and you know Esther is another one. Yeah, these are good. Um, I remember meeting you, Cheryl, in the foyer of the church that we rented at the time, the very first time I met you. And I think within a week you invited me over for dinner, hmm. and um, we came over. It was really shocking. We'd been looking for churches, and we had not been welcomed like that. So I was like, "Whoa, this woman! Either she's desperate for people, or I don't know what's going on." But it was a great, a great thing, and I really appreciated it. And this is a chance for us to just talk about, you know, your journey as a pastor's wife. This particular episode is a celebration episode of so many good things that God has done, and also it's a great lesson for women out there who are perhaps a pastor's wife or serving in the role of of women's ministry director or in some way working with people, a women at church, because we're going to talk a lot about those things. So mm-hmm. I guess my first question is, how did you even become a pastor's wife? <laughs> it's a silly <laughs> question because we all know you married your husband, but um, I know marriage is the way. But um, like, tell me a little bit about how you came to faith, how you met David. What, what, what did you think about this role of being a pastor's wife? So I grew up being very active in a church. We lived about a block and a half from the church. I pretty much grew up in my whole, you know, from five on. Oh, wow. And I lived across the street from the senior pastor and down the street from the youth pastor. So I regularly babysat at these two families. Um, And I don't know if I ever thought, oh, I'm going to marry a pastor. Um, I probably didn't think that because I was a little bit of a crazy kind of girl. But... (laughs) I liked the idea of ministry. I thought, oh, being a camp, a Christian camp director's wife oh, would be fun sure. or something like that. Yeah. I liked that idea. Um, some of the teachers at the Christian school I went to laughed when they heard that I was marrying a pastor. <laughs> I was a prankster. I was fun-loving. I didn't know how to play the piano. I really can't <laughs> type very well. So, you know, I kind of didn't fit that role of yeah. do the bulletin and play the piano. Yeah. Um, but that's where God put me in, and I was excited about that. I love how you said I was a prankster and I was fun-loving because I think you still are a prankster and still Probably are fun-loving. that's true. And do you know how to play the piano now? No. So you still don't no. know how to play the piano? And you know? I really don't type too well. <laughs> so. That's funny because that used to be the... The, the pastor's wife yeah, would the be the secretary. She'd be the secretary and the pianist. Yeah. Yep. It's changing a little bit. So, yes. um, what, so I really want to talk about some of the big things that come with being a pastor's wife. So what has been the best part of being a pastor's wife and serving in the local church? Well, and you that, can give me more than one thing. Best okay. is hard to yes. <laughs> identify. Um, what have been some of the good things? Yeah. If, go. I, if I had to say best, I think. God has enabled us to have a front row seat to watch the work of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in people's lives. Um, And I think that's kind of unique that, um, you know, a a person who's not in ministry life may see their neighbor or somebody else, but they aren't seeing over and over again just this work of the Holy Spirit. Um, And that's really been a blessing as well as a challenge to me. It's a blessing because the Holy Spirit is always at work. Um, but oftentimes we miss it because we're busy or we're not paying attention to what's going on. 
And yet in ministry, we really do get an up-close look at how God is bringing people alive in faith, how God is changing them, how he's taking marriages that are broken. And many people Mm -hmm. at church might not even realize that Mm because, you know, people come to church and they look fine, but you know their marriage is falling apart and we see the Holy Spirit making changes in them. And um, that's really been exciting, you know, to see the word become real to people. Um, It's also a challenge because I at times might like to just sit back and become complacent, yet seeing the work of the Holy Spirit and others spurs me on mm-hmm. to desire more of the Holy Spirit's work in my own life as mm-hmm. well. So I think having been a pastor's wife for almost 35 years, it is neat to see that the Holy Spirit's still challenging me, and I praise mm. God for that. Mm, that is good. That would be one thing. Um, second, the impact the church people have on my kids' lives has been such a blessing. Mm. For years, we had college students in our home almost every Sunday, late afternoon, throughout the evening, and by evening, I mean till 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my. (laughs) Uh, They were late-nighters. Usually, I went to bed at midnight because I had a bunch of little kids to get up with, and my husband would stay up, although sometimes we'd both go to bed. Um, But these young men and women loved our kids. They played football or jumped on the trampoline with them, but then our kids heard them as we sat around talking about the Word and its impact on, on our lives. These men and women were fun. Um, and yet they were also students of the Word, and they Mm. impacted our kids for God. This is just one example, but many people have been influential in my kids' lives, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I think sometimes pastors and their families kind of keep their home a little tight, Mm. and they miss the benefits of just having an open home and what the people that God puts into their lives will do for their kids and what a benefit that is. Hmm. Just like I mentioned earlier, the invitation the first week. Yeah. I know I wasn't a student. Sorry, I was well, a older than it, that. But actually, God God has used a variety of different yeah. people in our kids' lives. The, the students really did have an impact. Yeah. I think because they were so fun and... They, know, were, they didn't have any commitments, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what, one guy held two of my young kids and jumped for two hours on the trampoline oh. one time. I don't know how he held it. I don't know how he held them and jumped for so long. It was really wow. cool. That so. right there is worth, that's priceless yeah. right there because yeah. I can't even jump on the trampoline anymore. <laughs> so I think another one, um, we moved to Toledo 35 years ago, and I thought, oh, we'll move there. We'll be there for three, five, seven years maybe, and then we'll probably move someplace else. Um, and yet that wasn't God's plan. Mm-hmm. He had us stay fit, stay put here for our entire married life. We've, mm-hmm. We came here after three months of marriage, and we're still here and don't have plans to move. Um, and that has been great to see generations grow in faith. Mm-hmm. It's not just that we're seeing a few years of a person's life, but we're seeing a family grow up and begin another generation of mm-hmm. kids. Right. And what a blessing that has been. Currently, we've had a string of wedding and baby showers, and it has just been a real blessing and a gift to to be a part of that. Yeah, I I will make this comment. The beauty, the one beautiful thing about um, the life of the church, like the life in, in getting young adults, which mm-hmm. is something you just talked about, welcoming those college students into your home meant they knew this our church had a place for them, mm-hmm. right? And then that means they want to stay. Yeah. I mean, if they can, and then they get married here, and then they stay, you know, as much yes. as they can. And that actually is good. Yes. Like, that's a great example of that particular thing. That's why we have all these baby showers mm-hmm. and, you know, yes. weddings. So, yeah. 
Okay, so if I ask you, um, you know my next question's coming, because if I ask you what has been the funnest thing <laughs> or the best thing, I'm going to have to ask you what is the hardest part of being a pastor's wife and serving in the local church. And of course, you don't have to give me the only one thing, okay? Yeah. This can be just a few. Well, I'm sure if you're a pastor's wife, you recognize there are a lot of hard things mm-hmm. in ministry. You don't deal constantly with people and, and everything's okay. Yeah. Um, the first 13... If you want a job like that, go work at a factory, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's routine. Yes. The first 13 years of of our ministry were in a small church that had been in existence for many years. Um, and because of some false teaching happening within the domination, um, the leadership made the decision to close the doors of that church and leave the denomination and begin Christ the Word. I know those decisions were hard for people who had grown up attending the church, yet it's important to stand holding fast to the Word of God. At times, you know decisions won't make people happy, and it can be hard to not um, want to be a people pleaser. You know, you especially if you're in a little church, mm. when a family leaves, maybe 8% of your church just left. Right. Right. You know, it's easy to want to hold on to certain things, or maybe there's only one person that's similar age to you, and she's your friend, and you don't want to see them leave. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to want to please the people in the church. Um, but we must follow the word and do what it says, even when it goes against what the people feel or may want. Hmm. And that's really hard. You know, we have relationships with people, and um, it can be difficult to to make decisions that you know people aren't going to like. Hmm. Um, that is hard. Yeah. At times, I think uh, people in the church will feel hurt by these decisions, but we must remember that it's God and his word that's important, not our own feelings and our own desires. Hmm. Um, I think another hard part of ministry is seeing people who there seems to be a turning towards God in their life, where you begin to see some sort of, of little... Uh, plants sprout up in them. Um, and, and then they, they turn away um, from, from that. Um, we know that Jesus speaks of this in the parable of the so- seeds, that the sower sows seeds on different soil, and only on one good soil does the seed actually take root and produce fruit. It is exciting to watch somebody come alive in mm. faith and mm-hmm. grow and produce fruit, fruit. Um, Yet sometimes people spring up and then their faith just withers up and dies. Mm-hmm. And, and you realize that they haven't really been regenerated. Um, and that's really hard. I think that's sad. And, and, you know, you talk to them, but it's just they don't have ears yeah. to hear. Well, and that is difficult. And that's true for like anybody in church. We mm-hmm. watch that often. And yet there are people who do grow. Mm-hmm. And we do see grow. And I love yep. that that when you do see people grow in the Lord and you see the excitement in them. You said that earlier. It's yes, spurred I you think on. That's the that's the biggest joy and yeah. now the yeah. one of the hardships. So yeah. what was your most surprising thing about being a pastor's wife or working in this kind of a role? Um, I think that that God has allowed us to serve him. This year, I've been looking at different attributes of God every day with a friend, and we usually text each other a scripture and a few thoughts each day. You know, God is totally independent. He really has no need for anything, and he's self-sufficient, and yet he allows us to be a part of the work he's doing within the church 
and within the lives of other people. I think that this makes me be humble and mm. full of gratitude um, that that God would see fit to allow us to to right. serve Him, and it also makes me grateful to the people in the church because they don't they are willing to allow us to serve them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're willing to listen when we challenge them or speak something that might be hard to them. Mm-hmm. And that takes humility on their part. And so mm-hmm. I need to be humble myself in viewing that. Well, that's just a really big piece of the whole puzzle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like to be humble for anybody, both uh, all over. Like that's a big, big yeah. thing <laughs> to yeah. be humble. It's important. Yeah. So. And I would guess that even and especially in leadership, in the role of a pastor's wife, I would think you'd probably get a little flack now and then. And so practicing humbleness, it's easy to put up walls and be prideful. That's all I'm thinking. So, Just realizing that it's not your work, but it's the work God is doing and that he has given us the opportunity to to be his hands and feet, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't need us. Yeah, that's great. Um, I also love that you're looking at the attributes of God every day. That's a great idea. It's really helped me to just grow in my um, appreciation for who God is yeah, and in just seeing him in bigger ways. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I um, have been reading the book Humility by C.J. Mahaney, mm-hmm. which fits really well in here, and mm-hmm. that is a suggestion that he gives, is if you want to really be working on humbleness, um, Remind yourself of who God is every day. Yeah. And so, wow, that's good. So, yeah, a lady a couple of days ago said she had a, a need, and I prayed with her, and she said, Oh, I just don't know if I can go to God. This is kind of a tiny need. Hmm. And other people have bigger needs. And mm-hmm. I was able to just say to her, You know, God is, is infinite, mm-hmm. He's capable of. Yep of dealing with your need and everybody else's at the same time. Right. You know, and I think that knowing his attributes help us to to have right theology. Right. That's right. That's good. All right. Um, so let's just do a little school time here. What's the biggest lesson you've learned as being a, in being a pastor's wife? Mm. I don't know about biggest. Uh, one. I'm just all about these like, know, gigantic words. words. Yeah. Yes. Well, just what is one lesson you've 35 learned? 35 years, you know, like I've, my memory's not so great anymore. <laughs> um, one lesson, I think, is to not be too quick to make a decision and act on it. Hmm. I know that sometimes I have seen sin or I see something that appears to be really wrong, um, and I know the person should be spoken to, and yet sometimes we need to just allow the Holy Spirit to work and not put myself in where the Holy Spirit may be working. Hmm. Um, God's timing is not always the way I think it should be. And I can look back and see some specific instances where I acted quickly without praying or seeking wisdom from God. And God's desire is for me to follow him, not to lead him. Hmm. And so I hope I'm learning to first go to him in prayer and seek discernment hmm. before I act on something. And I'm not saying that we should never make right. those decisions and 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 yet um be careful to not be quick to make them. Okay, interesting. That um that lesson is probably one that every woman listening should live. Okay, <laughs> that's not just for the pastor's wife, okay, Cheryl, well. <laughs> okay? But that is really a good point is not to be too quick to act on something, 
um, but instead to be in prayer. I think that's helpful. Well, yeah. you know, as a pastor and his wife, there is a lot of times you have to use discernment and yeah. make make decisions. You, it really is a life of decision making. Yes. You, you have to um, see things and come to some conclusions. And so it's it's necessary for us mm-hmm. to go to God and seek Him. Um, yeah. So yeah, that is really helpful. Um, what would be some of your pieces of advice you would give to? Um, a young woman who's maybe a brand new pastor's wife, or maybe somebody who's been one for 10 or 15 years, but it can become difficult, you mm-hmm. know? And I have met pastor's wives who's, who, oh boy, it's kind of like a weird spot you're in, isn't it? It you're, is. It's... You're kind of like, um, you know, everybody's looking kind of up to you in some ways, but you also need friends, right? And mm-hmm. then relationships, but then you also are leading things. Like, it's just a weird role. I, I oftentimes, when I find out someone's a pastor's wife, I say, do you love being a pastor's wife? And the answer is almost always, uh, uh, well, uh, right. <laughs> they don't really want to give you a real answer. Right. You know, um, It is hard. Yeah. There's a lot of hard things. It's hard to be kind of in that fishbowl. Yes, um, that's where a good word, in a bubble. Where everybody is looking at you, yep. and some people are really critical of you. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, it just, it, it varies, but it's hard. There's a mm-hmm. lot of hard things. I... I think um, it's very good for a pastor's wife to understand when God calls your husband in a ministry, it's a call for you and your children also, hmm. that many pastor's wives are unhappy partly because they look at this life as a job. It's a calling that really encompasses your entire family, all your day, all your life. Hmm. You know, it's not your husband's going to a job and he leaves at 8.30 in the morning, he comes home at 5 at right. night, and... It, it's a life, and you are serving and loving and caring for people, um, and your kids are doing that also, and it really does bring about great joy. Once one of my daughters was talking about a man that had a job that took him away from home fairly regularly, and she said, oh, I'm so glad daddy's not gone all the time. <laughs> it was interesting because my husband probably was gone as much, if yeah. not more, than this man she was talking about. But she didn't feel like the church was in competition with her. And the wife plays a huge role in the attitude that the kids Mm -hmm. have about their their father's role, about the church, you know, oh, we've got to go to church again, you know, or wow, we get to go serve God. I mean, just even the ways that women um, speak tells their kids and those around them what her view is of this. But it really is a calling. Um, that's another lesson for everyone because that's true with anything. Yes, you know? it is. So, and your facial expressions also <laughs> speak, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I think another um, important lesson would be to see yourself as a mother. Now, I became a pastor's wife when I was 25, and I was not even a mother yet. I didn't have any kids. We had only been married a couple of months. And it be, can be really hard when you're young to be serving women who are much older than you. Hmm. Yet every woman has been a daughter. We have all seen mothers. We have an understanding of what the role of a mother is. And it's helpful if you can embrace this idea, and that gives you a picture of what to act on. So (coughs) when you think about what a mother does, 
She nurtures, she cares for physical needs, she kisses boo-boos, she shows love, she teaches, she corrects, she chauffeurs, she encourages, <laughs> she prays. I could just keep going yes, on and on. Yes. So what does a pastor's wife do when she sees herself as a mother to the church? Well, she encourages, she loves the people. She takes a meal to a family who's hurting. She reads scripture and speaks truth to the woman whose son is not following the Lord. She helps a high schooler see her sin. She gives her instruction on how to change something. She prays for the people in the church. Mm. You know, I could go on and on, but that picture of a mother is a really good picture for for a woman mm -hmm. because I think we can all relate to what a mother is. Mm -hmm. um, and just like the role of a mother changes from child to child and situation to situation, your role is always going to be changing and different. And that can make it hard and challenging mm -hmm. because you've got a lot of different types of people. And yet... Um, even with these needs, I think we can say, well, what would a mother do? And that will help you to, to begin to determine how you, you react or respond in those different situations. Hmm. That's good. That's helpful. And, and really, I've often heard it said that we should, as women, be, that, be a mother, no matter if you mm -hmm. have children or not in the church. I'm just applying this to myself because I'm yeah. not a pastor's wife. Okay. Yeah. And it's good to be remembering that our job it's a mothers really don't tend to care about them. They don't pay attention to themselves as much. You know, they're yeah. known for looking out for their children yeah. mostly. And so that's our role. It's a selfless job. Yeah. And mm -hmm. a pastor's wife's unique in that, but all women can be mothers. Yeah. In that and it's, way. it's hard if you're, you're a part of a church and you have a young pastor's wife. Mm. It's very hard to see yourself as a mother to older people. And yet, um, it can be done. And I would encourage those mm -hmm. who are, are parishioners in a church to encourage that in their yeah. pastor's wife, yeah. not do things that might discourage them. Yeah, good. Um, another thing I would say is it's easy to just tell people the word of what it, what it says and challenge them. Um, and yet in 35 years of ministry, I believe people change more by encouragement than by our challenges. And I'm not saying that we never challenge, but look for the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work and then speak to others on how you see them changing, mm -hmm. how you see growth. Um, be, being an encourager um, brings change. Mm -hmm. it, it causes people to go, whoa, she saw that I was working on that. Wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna right. to do that more. I'm going to keep you know? working, yes. And I think it, it causes everyone to praise God because we actually see his work and we give him praise for it. Mm -hmm. So I... I don't know how many you what I, I oh keep going man right. keep going I, I think um, show gratitude and thanksgiving mm. um, that can be hard because sometimes you do as a pastor's wife a lot of behind the scenes work and maybe nobody ever sees those maybe mm. you're not getting many hey thanks for your work um, and so it can be hard at times mm -hmm. to be the one showing gratitude and thanksgiving and yet. Um, scripture is full of commands to give thanks, to, to do all things without grumbling or complaining, to have a heart of gratitude. Mm. And it's good for us to set an example of this to the people in the church, to um, learn to just thank people and mm. show our, our gratitude to those within the body. Um, you know, when my husband first became a pastor here, he came home one time from a meeting and he said, wow, I feel like I have 80 bosses mm. because everyone in the church felt like, oh, it was their job to tell the pastor what they wanted done. Right. 
And that can be difficult, and that may be true for the pastor's wife also. And yet, seeking to develop a heart that is full of thankfulness Mm -hmm. and gratitude will help you um, to see ministry in just a happy, joyful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I I would say, if I give you one more, I would say to push yourself out of what's comfortable for you, knowing that God will provide. Hmm. Um, that's another one for everyone. So this yeah. is not just a podcast for pastor's wives, but okay. <laughs> well, you know, I if I have a choice, I prefer to be behind the scenes and not an upfront person. Um, and when I'd been a pastor's wife for a few years, the, past, the, the woman that taught women's Bible study left the church suddenly in the middle of the year. And I was not prepared to lead Bible study. Hmm. That was way, way outside of what was comfortable for me. Um, you would yet, not know that now. Well, it was not okay. <laughs> comfortable for me. And, and yet there was nobody else. And so I thought, okay, we either end Bible study or I lead Bible study. Mm. And so that was a real debate in my mind. Yep. Which should yep. we do? <laughs> I did not want to lead. Um, but I didn't want to not have Bible study either. So I forged ahead and did it because I knew it was important, not because I really wanted to do it. Um, and yet I have seen over the years how God's grown me in trusting him to do a lot of different things that were hard, that were outside of what I wanted to do or what was comfortable for me. And he has even really given me a love in leading women's Bible studies. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the best Bible study leader, but he has used my curious personality hmm. um, and my ability to ask questions to grow in being a Bible study leader. Um, if you are never pushed or willing to move out of what's comfortable for you, you won't grow. Mm-hmm. And Really, that's true. It's a principle for everyone, not just pastors' wives. But I know pastors' wives who just kind of dig in their heels. Nope, I'm not going to do that. Mm. I don't like that. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. And you're going to hinder the ministry mm-hmm. of of your church and your husband if that's your attitude. You have to be willing to say, God will supply what I need, mm-hmm. and I'm going to trust him and and do this thing that he's calling me to. That's awesome. That's such good, really good words for anybody listening. I mean, we those are actually, I know we're talking about pastor's wives today, but they're really things that all women who are listening should be thinking about. You know, everything you said are things that I should be working on too, and every woman listening. And I think that's one thing that I think is interesting is that makes me think that pastors and wives are not a whole lot different than the average normal <laughs> woman in the church, right? right? You just get a little title and... It's not that it's like the first lady who gets, you know, of the United States who gets to have her one thing she works on, you know, literacy or something. Yes. You're working on a whole bunch and you're serving and it's something we all need to do. Yeah. Okay. So um, that makes me lead to this idea that the average person in the church, the average woman, um, I have been in, I've grew up in the church, so I've been under quite a few pastor's wives. And I believe that I wrote you a note early on that I have never met a woman quite like you. And that was meant positively, by the way. But just the idea that you as a pastor's wife, the way that God has led you, the way that he has worked through you. Um, I I loved the other pastor's wives that I've had, but they didn't get down in the nitty gritty. Um, some of them were young and had some immaturity. And so along with that, maybe they were in their growing years. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to the woman, the average person like me, who's in the church or, you know, who? how can they support this local pastor 
wherever they're at, wherever they're at, and his wife. Well, in the first couple years of being at our first church, somebody said to me about David and I, "Wow, you and the pastor fight." <laughs> I, I think I had said something about, "Oh, we had had a fight." You need to realize that your pastor's wife is a woman just like you. Hmm. You know, you just said that, Julie, but don't think she doesn't sin. Don't think she doesn't have feelings. She is just like you. She has strengths and she has weaknesses. And Hmm. the church is a family and families can hurt one another. I know that I have many times said something thoughtlessly or unkind or that maybe something that was even untrue. I've had to go back to people and ask for forgiveness. Remember that she is just an ordinary woman like you are, and be quick to forgive her, be quick to overlook an offense, be quick to think the best. You know, it really is a hard role. Um, Everyone's watching you Mm -hmm. as a pastor's wife. They're watching how you train your kids. They're watching if you don't discipline them. Mm -hmm. They're watching if you discipline them too much. You know, and they're making decisions based on on what you look like. And like I said earlier, that kind of phrase, life in a fishbowl, is really an accurate mm-hmm. one. There are a lot of stresses and weights on a pastor. Um, you know, you think the spiritual well-being of his church is on his shoulders, mm-hmm. and that's true in some ways for the wife also. Mm. Um, she feels that. So if she hurts you. If she says something that you view as unkind, be quick to forgive her. Mm-hmm. Recognize she's like you and and just love your pastor and their family. Hmm. That's good. I I think invite your pastor and his family over for dinner. You know, <laughs> the pastor's wife needs relationships and friendships. It's hard to make friendships when you're the pastor's wife. Hmm. I think most pastor's wives would say they don't have many relationships. Mm. Um, maybe in bigger churches, um, right? There's, it's a little easier. Mm-hmm. You have other staff wives, um, but you know it's it's hard. You don't know how much you can say. You've got to mm. be careful what you talk about. You know things that you've got to that you, you can't know, just share. You can't just share. Yeah. You and your husband may be having hard some conflict, and it's it's hard. You can't just talk about that all the. You know mm-hmm. you've got to be really careful, and yet you need friends and relationships. Yeah. So I would say. Take initiative. Be a friend to your pastor's wife, mm-hmm. not not just a churchgoer, but actually say, "I'm going to be a friend to right. her." Right. Um, I think another area which may sound funny, but in 35 years, I really can count on probably one hand the times women have challenged me. Hmm. Um, and I really did take those challenges seriously because they came so infrequently. Um, and I know that I said, be quick to love your pastor's wife and to not hold up her sins. But sometimes your pastor's wife will be benefited by a mm-hmm. challenge um, or by an encouragement to change. And so I think maybe befriending your pastor's wife, loving her, um, and will give you an ability to help her to grow in ways. You know, like I said, we are are just ordinary women, and we have sin, and we have areas in our life that need change, mm-hmm. and it's helpful. You know, oftentimes the pastor's wife doesn't have that iron outside of her husband right. that helps sharpen her, and she needs it. Yeah, and 
on a, on another side note, the husband is in that same boat, and he's busy mm-hmm. with things in the church, the pastor. So it is helpful probably to have women around you that you trust and yeah. that can, and that not only are you speaking to, but they're speaking to you. Those are the best friendships yeah. that you can talk back and forth. Well, and that reminds me of something we didn't talk about. I didn't say when I said things for pastor's wives, and if I can add one more. No, nope, we're done. Okay, no, well. <laughs> yes, please tell us. <laughs> I would say a pastor's wife needs to have thick skin. Mm. That, you know, don't be quick to be hurt. If your husband comes home and says, oh, I got a lot to do, you know, don't don't be quick to right. have to dump the kids on them. You know, like recognize your marriage is not going to be exactly the way many marriages are. and And be okay with that and just... Mm-hmm. Have a, I, I, I think I said one other time on a podcast that it's important to have an, a thick skin on the outside, yeah. but a soft heart. Yes. And yes. I think that really is true, particularly for pastor's yeah. wives. Yeah. And I, I love that. I, I just like this conversation because it is just a great reminder to women in the church all over mm-hmm. that we can't forget about our pastor's wife. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we kind of like go, oh, she doesn't need this. She doesn't need my friendship or she doesn't need me to pray for her. You know, mm-hmm. she's got it down. And it is important for us to be doing that as yeah. the the average girl in the church, you know, yeah. I'm calling myself a girl. I'm a little older <laughs> than a girl, but that's okay. All right. So let's end with some fun, Cheryl. What has been some of the most fun things you have done as a pastor's wife? Because there has to have been some good things like that, you oh, know? I mean, we see, sure. we, you you talked earlier about the goodness that you've seen, the goodness of God in things. Yeah. But what are just, I mean, we just got to have fun. Yeah, I like to tease people. You've been the recipient yes, I of have. quite a few of my teases. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. It shows you love me, Yes, Cheryl. I like to play pranks on people. Yeah. But it's also been fun to, to be able to be creative and think, oh, it'd be fun to have a woman's camp out. Even yeah. when, you know, half the women are going, ah, I don't like to camp. I don't like to camp. You know, so I got the older women to be in charge of marketing, you know, so that they would have to come and they'd have to get their friends. That is so you know? fun. But but that's fun. Getting to um, say, wow, let's reach out to young moms and have a, a mom's event yeah. every month and getting to plan that and be be doing that. I love doing stuff like yeah. that. Um, another fun thing for me, my husband had been taking guys to the Boundary Waters, which is mm-hmm. northern Minnesota, on these canoeing adventures. Mm-hmm. And some of the girls in high school said, well, why did they get to go, but we don't? Mm-hmm. And so my husband said, well, my wife will take you. Mm-hmm. And so that was great. And I've taken several trips of with with high school or college girls to the Boundary Waters yep. for a week of really remote camping and canoeing. Yeah. And that has been really a fun time. Yeah, my daughter went on one of those. Yeah. And- I was pretty impressed that she made it through the whole yes, thing. And and it's fun and it's it gives you opportunity to talk. So I don't know, probably ninety percent of my fun has come out of teasing people yeah. and playing pranks on people and and laughing. And laughing yeah. and just loving people that yeah. way. So Yeah, I um I can think of many times I remember um being at a camp out and I don't remember why you and your husband were there, because I thought it was our small group. Well, we oftentimes got invited to small okay. group types things. And that is a wonderful thing, mm-hmm. I suppose. But so we went to this camp, this um, like a church camp thing, and mm-hmm. we went there and it was rained and one of the little girls fell out of the top of the <laughs> camp. Now you know which one uh, I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. And I think you planned the games. Maybe. And I, I remember it, or at least I remember, this is what I remember, and I should put this on our social media. I have a picture of you, Cheryl, 
and you have an Oreo on your head, and I think it was hot, so we were using our own sweat, sweat. to try to get that Oreo down to eat it, which is really gross, but <laughs> it was fun, and the kids loved every minute of it because it included whole families. Yeah, that was a fun, yes. a fun time. I we, like planning games, and I like having fun. Yeah, and the other thing I think that um, I can just add to that I've observed from you is you don't just do it yourself. You're not just like, I'm organizing this, and I'm just going to take care of all of this camp out. You even said that. You get others involved, and mm-hmm. that actually makes it more fun because you're bringing other people in yes. to do things, and it, it's good for people. Well, the, you have to, in a church, you want the church people to view the church as not your church, yeah. but our church. Our church. And in order to do that, if you as the pastor and wife do every single thing, they won't do that. And right. I realize if... You're in a small church. You're going to have to do a lot yourself. Mm -hmm. And yet it's good to try to incorporate people and bring people alongside with you. Yeah, that's a great idea. Now everyone's going to be walking away from you at church on Sunday because they're going to think you want (laughs) to ask them to do something. No, we've transitioned. Remember, we're not in that role anymore. Okay, that's true. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Okay. All right, it is tiny tidbit time. A tiny tidbit is just a small piece of information that can help you in a really big way. And today's tiny tidbit is brought to you from Cheryl Bailey. We kept her on today on the episode so she could tell you a tiny tidbit for pastor's wives, or I would even say this is a tiny tidbit that would help women who are in ministry. Don't you think? Yep. Okay, so what do you got for us? Well, you know, the older I get, the more I forget things. And so I give all of the pastor's wives or the pastor's college wives at our our school um, a little black book. And I encourage them when they meet somebody new um, to write down the person's name, any description of what the person looks like, a few facts they learned, and keep it in their church brag. This helps me. Um, I'll pull it out and I'll look through who I'd met at church that day. The next time I'm at church or a church activity, I pull it out and look at it. It helps me to cement those people into my brain. And then when I see them again, I can remember their name and a little bit about them. And that makes a person feel welcomed and warm. Yeah, it sure does. And I think that's a great tip because there's a, you know, our church is relatively big. I suppose in a smaller church, you may not have as many people, but that's a great thing to write down. I'd like to write down, like to find out what you wrote down. Uh, what your description of me was. I said sturdy. Oh, good. That's exactly what it should have been. (laughs) Oh, my. I get that name. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Cheryl, you are making this step aside, as I said at the beginning, but that doesn't mean you're done serving God, right? I mean, I know you, and you already are working on other things or continuing to work on things you had been working on, and you will probably never be done being on the podcast. I have a feeling we'll I'll be reaching out to you again to talk because it's great to talk with you. Um, and um, I love that. And if you want to have a Cheryl marathon, let me give you a little hint. You don't. <laughs> but if you want to listen to some of them, it's really a God marathon, Cheryl, because it's the, the way that God has used you. You're just a vessel um, that God's used, and it's really God's work through you. 
Um, but I still want to call it a marathon because it sounds really fun. Okay, so here we go. She was she did our Faith Over Fear talks at our women's conference. We had those on in July of 2020. Those were some of our very first episodes because mm-hmm. it was such a great, great conversation or great um, talk. Um, you talked about um, forgiveness on March 11th of 2021, and you can go back and find these, and we'll put this in our show notes if you do want to listen to all these. Um, I was amazed when I wrote them all out. Seasons of Life, you and I sat and talked about menopause. That was a fun one. That was in November of 2021. Um, you had some talks called The Worthy Walk. We did a part one and part two, and those were great, especially related to marriage. We talked about marriage in part two, and I think that was very helpful. I had specific women talk to me. Um, you and I chit-chatted about some things in regard to feminology and being soft, and those were in, they dropped July, August, and September of 2022. Um, and then you kicked off this year's feminology in 2023 as we talked about what are we going to do with our emotions Um, And that was this past January. And then, of course, most recently, I put on your episode from uh, our mom-to-mom ministry, which is a great ministry that we have at church. And it was all about how you could stretch the dollar, which you are known for, you know, (laughs) for sure. And tiling. You're also known for tiling things. Um, But you could listen to Cheryl. I think that'd be about 12 hours of listening to you. So maybe spread it out. But if you want to go back and listen to those, um, you know, it it is always good to re-listen to things. And I get the blessing of listening to all of these before I put them out and the the, the talks that we've had and also any in, interviews because I edit myself and do that work. And I'm always, I'm just always blessed again. I'm always reminded of things. I'm always encouraged. I'm always challenged. And so although I would say listen to Cheryl's talks, all of our episodes are great. And I think you would be encouraged to go back and you know, you could have a, really quite a long podcast yeah, you, marathon. <laughs> you've done a great job, Julia. See, there you go again. <laughs> they, we have a lot of women who have, have spoken God's we have. word faithfully. We have, and it has been wonderful. And every time I talk with someone, it is so interesting to me. I sometimes think, I think I'm being a little selfish because I'm chit-chatting with someone and then what they say is what actually either convicts me or encourages me or challenges me. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, maybe this is all for me. Wait a minute, maybe I should Well, that's not bad then, is it? (laughs) Right, it's good. And I'm thankful. And I think it's for everyone. So Mm -hmm. thank you for coming on today. Hey, hey, everybody, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory, um, Google Podcast, Apple, whatever, and because it helps us out and helps you out because you get notifications of when our episodes drop, which is every single Thursday. We put out a new episode every Thursday. Uh, you can reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. And uh, if you have any questions or you want to share an idea for an episode or you want to talk about an episode, I've had a few people do that. and We've had some great conversations back and forth. Also, don't forget to like or follow us on social medias, on Instagram or Facebook, at Women of the Word CTW. Um, there's just so much good content. I mean, the podcast is one of our ministries at Christ the Word, but we have a bunch more. And I think they would be great. We have a great blog that has some excellent things. Again, I'm always challenged when I read it. So, And um, as we always say at the end, remember that when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.